This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Are you looking for a way to stay in God's Word each day? Discover the revised and updated Journey Devotional Magazine by Lifeway Women. You'll receive three months of daily devotional content that will help you connect with God's Word and apply it to your life. The expanded quarterly magazine now includes reflection pages, more in-depth articles, and it's all packaged in a beautiful new design. For more information on subscribing, go to lifeway.com journey or ask your church to order them for all the women in your ministry. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann. I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. I feel like I should be singing like it's just, you know, it's like just the two of us because yeah. today it's just the two of us, you know, we're, we're on here today. It's true. And I feel like this episode is mostly going to be me interviewing you because <laughs> you are the expert in all things women's ministry. Yeah, well, like I've, things back to you too. So. Like I've said, you even wrote a book on it. So um, you have written the book on this. And so we're going to, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about okay. fall women's ministry. So we're headed into, even though it's August, uh, we are headed into the fall season. And for sure, we need to be thinking about the fall season if we're not already um, in women's ministry. So what are some basics that women's ministry leaders and volunteers need to be thinking about as we head into the fall season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's definitely, if you're the leader, if you're the women's ministry leader, and you haven't started thinking about the fall, and here it is, August, and you're probably just a little bit behind on the eight ball, but it doesn't mean that you can't catch up really quickly. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you are probably looking at, I mean, honestly, it's August 8th, but there are some schools who start August 1st, and some That's churches true. will even begin their fall calendars in August. So those are things that you've got to be thinking about is, you know, as you head into the fall season, it's not necessarily after, you know, after Labor Day these, you know, these days. So maybe even, you know, knowing what, when is your church kickoff? When is that fall kickoff? What is the life of your church doing? Those are things that you've got to be thinking about um, and just already thinking about what you're going to need to order and what you need to get your hands on um, so that you can promote things. Those are all really some basic things you got to be planning for. Yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, it's never too late to start, but you need to be getting on it (laughs) if you want to do some like major things. Now you can start anytime, um, Bible studies, you can start, I mean, really women's ministry can happen anytime. It does happen every time, anytime. And so don't let that discourage you if you haven't already started, but that is definitely something to be thinking of, especially if you want to do it in conjunction with other things happening at your church in the fall. 
And and even if you haven't really thought a lot about fall, and or maybe you're 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 feeling a little behind, go ahead and keep thinking even more ahead, like even towards Christmas, um, because I know like the Lifeway Advent study is going to come out in early fall, so mm-hmm. you could be thinking about some of the things that even later in the fall, like in early winter. And so it's not too, it's not too early to start thinking about that. Um, but also just don't, don't be too hard on yourself. If you're just like, Oh man, it's August and I've been on summer vacation and now I got to think about it. So give yourself a break. You can do it. Yes. Well, one question that we all get from our friends and family, I don't know if you get this, but Mm -hmm. I know everyone on the publishing team gets this question um, at all times and uh, days is, what Bible study should I do next? So how do you answer that question, Kelly? I'll I'll tell you how I answer it after you tell me how you answer it. Yeah. You want to go first? No, I was saying you go first. How do you answer that question? Okay. Okay, awesome. So... Sure. I mean, I, I asked this of myself, too. So, you know, there's some things that I'm kind of looking at, you know, as far as Bible study. Um, I'm kind of thinking about who's in my group. Like, like who are the women who normally come? Maybe women who don't normally come, but whatever stage of life they're in or season of life, you know, maybe if it's a, a group of women who have been in Bible study for a super long time, um, maybe they, they're really good Bible study students. So you, you're looking at that maturity level, too, of, okay, this is a group that can handle more inductive Bible study, like a Jen Wilkins study, where you're going to have longer videos. The homework is is very much kind of open-ended in a lot of ways because Jen's Bible studies, she wants you to kind of like work through that text. Um, and that doesn't mean that, I mean, there's just all different kinds of studies out there. Um, but also you have to look at, you know, someone like a Christy McClellan and Gospel on the Ground, and you think, well, that's a study for women who are just really interested in maybe the New Testament, maybe the culture of, you know, and they've done Jesus and women, so they're like, hey, I want to do the next one. So those mm-hmm. those are questions I would ask. And I Sometimes, Elizabeth, what I would do with a Bible study group is I would actually go to LifeWay's website. And I would look at what the studies, like kind of maybe some new studies or even studies that have been out a while, and I would put together a list, and I would do a survey of women, and I would say, which one, which studies does, you know, is of interest Mm -hmm. to you? And, you know, the top ones kind of that rose to the top, I would be like, okay, those are ones we probably need to look at. Um, And then I also think, you know, you, you look and say, you know, how much homework do you want? Is this a study that, you know, women are going to have time to do or not? And, and even video. What do you think about that, Elizabeth? Like, when you talk to women about the video, non-video components of Bible study? Yeah, I usually ask if they want to have a video study. Some some people would rather not have a video because maybe they're um, they're wanting to teach it themselves. Maybe they're meeting outside of a church building, and so they're meeting in a Starbucks or they're meeting in yeah. a um, restaurant or outside, and so they can't really watch the video altogether. So maybe they're wanting something that's not video-based, um, or maybe they're like, no, we just need something that I can like put in the DVD player or uh, bring up on the we- on the website and just play it because we don't have anybody that can really like – teach or lead in that way or that has the time or the capacity to do that right now. And so that's also something that women a lot of times ask for. So Mm -hmm. it can go both ways or maybe they just are like, 
hey, I want to hear what Jen Wilkin has to say about this. You know, I don't. Right. Um, right. And so they, yeah, it can go both ways. And I think one of the things that's really cool that we're doing now is that a lot of our studies have the online, like the digital videos. And that's so right. um, women can kind of watch those on their own maybe before they they come to the Bible study. So that way you can spend your class time having discussion um, and women can kind of watch the videos on their own time. And so that's a good uh kind of compromise between the two, especially if you're meeting somewhere that doesn't have a access to a television or a computer or something like that. That's true. You know, I was thinking if, if someone asked me what a good study might be to do in a coffee shop, because you mentioned mm-hmm. that, and I think that's that's such a fun way to get women together and around God's Word. Um, but Christine Hoover, seek, you know, Seek First the Kingdom, mm-hmm. that might be a really good, I mean, I know she went back and did a few little videos for us, um, on those studies, but it's, it was really designed to do just as a study with the print only. Yeah. So that would be a good one. Can you think of another one that might? Like, um, Everyday like, Theology by Mary yeah. Wiley is another oh, yeah. print only study. And we have, we'll link to it in the show notes um, because we do get this question a lot. We have this very handy chart um, in the back of our catalog and we'll link to like the digital catalog that you can see. And it has all of the Lifeway Women Bible studies, and yeah. it has how long the videos are. If you, if the videos are necessary to the study, because there are some studies that we say don't do this one without the video. Like you need the video in order to yeah. do the study. But then some of them are like the videos are great. We would hope that you would do the videos, but if you can't do them, then that's okay. Like you're you're gonna still get a lot out of the study. Um, and so we have that that designation whether the videos are necessary or. Um, I think we say uh, required or recommended or something. I can't remember all the designations. Or there are some studies that just don't have video at all. And it also has it broken down by book of the Bible, how long the video sessions are, all that kind of stuff. And so we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And that is where I often go when I get that question is I go to that chart um, and say, you know, kind of like you said, who's in the group? What is their stage, their season of life, their spiritual maturity? Um, I ask if they want to study a book of the Bible or more of a topical study. Because some groups, they're like, I only want to study the books of the Bible. Like, I just give me Mm -hmm. something that walks me through Genesis or walks me through, you know, Acts or whatever. And then there are other groups that are like, no, we're more of a topical. We just, um, for right now in our season of life, we would rather study uh, how how to live with or how to you know, struggle well with anxiety, how to do that in a biblical way, um, or uh, what is what does the Bible say about God's love or stuff like that. And so um, do they want to study a book of the Bible or a topic? Like you said, how much personal study or homework do they want? Some groups are like, none, <laughs> um, which that is a challenge. You're going to need to do something other than a Bible study, I feel like, if you want no right. homework. Um, but we have we have some great curriculum, like group curriculum, that would be perfect for that. Um, that we, we call it curriculum. I mean, that's just another term for like what you would study in like a Sunday school class or a small group class. And that... Uh, we have some stuff w- through Lifeway that would uh, scratch that itch, I guess, was yeah, what I'm trying even, to say. Yeah, even yeah. Candy Galladay's Bible in a Year. Yeah. Um, now, some people kind of think of Bible reading plans and they kind of think about just the first of the year. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of look at 
the fall is kind of a reset time. Yeah. And to me, it almost feels like the first, like a new year in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's a great time to even start that with a small group that you could meet in your home. And then you do your daily Bible readings and you're working through that as kind of a discipleship group. And you know, I, I know some of our listeners probably are very familiar with LifeWay.com. They probably have been on it a million times. And they yes. know where to find things. But we we do have our digital catalog there, which, Elizabeth, you mentioned a couple mm-hmm. of great things about just what's in that with the charts and stuff. But I, I sometimes wonder if women really understand, like, you don't have to go to a store to, like, sit down and really, like, look at a lot of studies because... Our, our website gives you samples. Mm-hmm. There's videos that you can watch, some, you know, that you can get an idea of the teacher if you're not familiar with her. And there's, there's even like PowerPoints and things like that that you can use to advertise or things that you can print and hang up around your church to advertise Bible studies. So I think, I think Lifeway does a really good job of helping the local church leader get the tools in her hands that she needs to help promote a study too. Yeah. And I would say, I would just add to that, follow Lifeway Women on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on YouTube, because they're posting stuff uh, all the time, samples. Also, LifewayWomen.com is a great like That's where our blog is, and they mm-hmm. post samples of the studies and all those kinds of materials as well. So those would be great resources for you to have as a leader. And that way you kind of know what's coming out too, because they post things, a, a lo- they give some little sneak previews of stuff. And so you can kind of prepare for what you might uh, want to study later. And that way, as you're working through your calendar and figuring out which study we're going to do when you can be like, Oh, so-and-so has a new study coming out, you know, next fall or whatever. So we for sure want to do that one. So let's do this one. That's six weeks and, or whatever, as you, as you do all the math, the calendar math, um, you can figure that out. So I would recommend following life with women everywhere. And then you also know when all the new marked podcast episodes come out. That's right. That's right. Um, If you don't already subscribe. (laughs) That's right. Well, also, I mean, I think there's something about fall. You really have a longer ramp time. Like you can maybe start even after Labor Day in September through probably, you know, even into the first of November, um, and so you've got, you can do a longer study. Sometimes spring is hard because um, you kind of have that break of spring break, and then you've got Easter, and right. so I, I think fall is such like to me that is one of the most successful times to launch a Bible study in your church. And you've also got to think about. Hey, do, am I going to need to get childcare? Am I right. going to need to enlist some small group leaders? Those are questions that I think every Bible study teacher, you know, you just have to think through that. Which that I list. would, I would just say, I've heard this said a lot. Um, but if you want women to come to your Bible studies, you need to offer childcare. Yeah. So if you yeah. want any moms to come, you need to offer childcare. So yeah. that's just a little tip for you. <laughs> um, but and you can work with your church to figure out how how to best do that. But I would I would strongly encourage you to offer childcare whatever time of day you decide to do studies. Yeah. Okay. Along with Bible studies, we talked yeah. about how our church is kind of ramping up other things during the fall. And that can be a lot of different things for our women's ministry participants. So whether they're the leaders or the uh, just the woman that is sitting there and just taking it all in, maybe she leads a small group or teaches Sunday school or is involved in her uh, kids' stuff or whatever. Um, 
how would you encourage women to be all in in the life of their churches, but to guard against burnout and overwhelm? Because oh. I think that happens well, a lot in the fall. <laughs> That's that kind of when we, I, I feel like the burnout more happens in the like uh, winter and spring, but we, we like build it up in the fall. That's when we <laughs> prepare ourselves for burnout, unfortunately, a lot of times. So how would you uh, help yeah. women to guard against that? Well, you know, it's really, it's easy to say and not as easy to do sometimes right, exactly. and, and saying no and things like that. But I do think you do have to be wise and to, to just say, you know what, okay, we're going to offer three Bible studies or whatever. I'm not going to teach all of them. I'm not going to do all of them. Um, but to be able to say, hey, the women's the women's Bible study could be just a part of what you're involved in. I mean, maybe there mm-hmm. is a missional aspect in your church, and we're going to talk about ways to serve as well here in a few minutes. But but that and and looking at your own family and what your family calendar looks like and are there things that can um, I know I would lead a Bible study on Wednesday nights a lot of times because there was children's programming at my church and so that has helped um, with moms who feel like I can't do it all right. um, and I need to I need to find the place that fits best for my family um, so that has helped but then I have some women who have been retired who've just said hey I can do a a day study and an evening study because I have time. And so every woman's different mm-hmm. um, to, you know, to know what she can and what she can't do. Um, but yeah, just having that discernment to say no at times is okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yes. And that is uh, definitely easier said than done, but I think that's a good uh, note as well. Do you, do you feel that way, Elizabeth? Sometimes do you feel like your church, like there's just so much that they're offering and it's really like you want to, you want to be involved in a lot of things. Yeah. I think they're, uh, one thing that my church does pretty well is we have, uh, what we call like three paths to discipleship. And oh. so, uh, there is small group, like life group, small group. There is a uh-huh. Bible reading group where that is gender specific, smaller groups. Um, and you just read the Bible. And then there is a mentorship. And so my church has made it very clear that everyone needs to be involved in one of those things, okay. but you don't have to be involved in all of them. So um, it's just kind of like, these are our three paths of discipleship. You need to be involved in one of them, but it kind of gives us a way to, to not, to easily say, okay, these are, this is the one that I'm going to do, or this is the two that I'm going to do. And there have been seasons when I've been involved in all three Um, But they were short seasons (laughs) because I was like, I cannot do all of this. And so um, right now I'm just involved in two of them and I love it. And I don't feel any guilt for my church leaders at all. Um, And they're, it's just great. So I think as leaders, you can set up expectations that are realistic and just kind of say like, Hey, these are, we have all these things. We have so many things for your, you and your family to do or you to do as an individual but we don't expect you to do all of them. We just have all these options because different people are in different places. And so we want to be able to have a place for all these people, no matter what season they're in, but we don't expect you to do all of them all at once. And so I think as, as we think about leaders specifically, um, that is one way that you can definitely encourage women to, to participate in what is going on at the church, but making it clear, like, you don't have to do all these things. We just, uh-huh. we would love for you to do as many as you want to do. <laughs> um, and so that does make it a lot easier for the woman to say no 
when she starts to feel like, I have so many things on my calendar and they're all church things. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, and I would that encourage that. Just happen in big churches. Yeah, I mean, I think. In fact, sometimes I think being in a smaller church because you're so needed. Like, they yes. really need <laughs> in my experience, it was a smaller church where it was more. Because um, if you wanted to, if you wanted the church to do something, you were in charge of it, <laughs> which is great in some ways, but definitely a challenge mm-hmm. with burnout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that a lot of women's ministry leaders and volunteers start thinking about is a fall retreat. Mm-hmm. So let's just give some ideas and things to think about as as people plan a fall retreat. First of all, we would yeah. like to say, based on our last answer, fall retreat is completely optional. You do not have to have a fall <laughs> retreat to have a women's ministry. Um, that is right. But it is something that a lot of a lot of women's ministries think about doing or do. And so sometimes it's an all-day event at the church, like a simulcast. Um, that makes it very easy for you. Yeah. Um, you could do that and call it a retreat, and that makes it sound just so much more fun and like relaxing. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, but maybe it's like a weekend away. And so, what are some like things to think about, Kelly, or um, some ideas mm-hmm. that you might have for fall retreats? You know, I've I've seen different ministries do some of the most creative things with retreats, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think is important. We, we use the word retreat, yes. <laughs> but yet sometimes we over-program women so much that, mm-hmm. you know, let's think about, like, what does that look like? And are you really allowing women to, to kind of unplug for a minute and to really lean into the Lord, to maybe hear His voice? I, I still remember being in my 20s and going on a fall retreat. Um, it wasn't for women. It was for the singles in our group. And we went to a camp area. And um, I, you know, sometimes in those spaces, you just allow yourself to hear from the Lord much more clearly. And I, I remember just, you know, really sensing the Lord just directing my heart towards even deeper ministry at a fall retreat when I was mm-hmm. in my 20s. And, and I came back and was, you know, really ready to, to maybe just teach high school girls on a, in a Sunday morning. So that was kind of, you know, a next step for me in ministry. Um, but I do think women can get, you know, you have to look at your budget again. You have to think about what is this going to cost if we're going to go away or if we're going to have it at the church, then maybe we can save some money. Um, you know, you have to think about food. You have to think about, am I going to bring in someone that's speaking? And, I, you know, I just want to encourage some of you all too. I know, I know that there is a... There's a pull to say, hey, let's let's hire someone to come in and speak to our group and to teach the Bible. But I'm going to challenge you that you probably have a woman in your church who can do it. And yeah. that your women already know, and they love that person. And it will, will save you some money and give that person an opportunity to maybe teach Scripture um, to the group. I, I just think that's a, a great place you know, we, we tend to not look sometimes at our at the women that God has gifted in our own churches. Um, but I also think the simulcast is a great idea. If you're if you're more of the administrator and you're the type of person who likes to organize, but you don't want to be the teacher, um, a simulcast is great because you can organize the event and just you know have that going, and you're going to have great teaching you know from someone. So yeah. definitely, Lifeway offers you know, that opportunity. And you can even do that in a small group. You could have a fall retreat, you know, kind of do it in different times. Yeah. Yeah. I know a women's ministry leader this past spring, she did groups in homes, 
but they were scattered all over the area. And I think she had several hundred, I mean, now this is a big church, okay? So mm-hmm. this is a big church, but they had several women um, host these groups in their, in their homes with 10 or 12, and they all did the same thing. And so oh, they all kind cool. of, yeah. yeah, they all kind of plugged in together. And so they had the same focus, but it gave them a small group, but also, and they didn't have to go spend the night. Now, some women just don't want to go spend the night somewhere else. Yeah. Let's just face it. Well, well we yeah. were we were planning a women's ministry event or a fall retreat recently, and I actually wasn't at the meeting, but I was told this later that uh, somebody was just like, why why are we looking at camps? Because we always like look at re- like retreat centers or camps, which are all kind of like bunk beds. And she was like, why don't we just stay at like an Airbnb somewhere? <laughs> and yeah. it was like this light bulb moment that everybody was like, oh, we don't have to like camp. Like we, we don't, don't have, have to, to be in, a bunk bed. in the woods somewhere <laughs> to be on a retreat. And so, um, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. So, I know a girls minister who did a fall retreat and I loved it. Um, she's one of my Lifeway trainers, but she called it intense. Kind of uh-huh. like she, she did the play on intense, like intensive discipleship. Yeah. But it was, now these are high school girls, okay? But right. they actually did do tense. So it was like intense. <laughs> and they did s'mores and they had... I, I, I thought it was pretty cute. I thought yes. it was pretty, you may that have is, a group of women who love that. Yeah, you might. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a matter of knowing your women's group and knowing what they need and what they what would be fun to them. Because some I think sometimes it's uh, hiking in the woods and sometimes it's like playing board games and sometimes yeah. it is like staying at an Airbnb and going out for a nice brunch or something. So I think just um, Knowing your group and knowing uh, the needs of your women and what would be the most refreshing for them and the yeah. most spiritually, like, uh, refreshing for them would be great. And ask them. I mean, don't yeah. be afraid to, like, ask the women in your church, like, what is something you would come to? And then when they tell you, say, hey, I need you on my planning team to help <laughs> yes. me plan this because we need the buy-in from women from yeah. the very beginning, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that right there is a often forgotten thing is just like, hey, what would you come to? What would you do? Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to not just retreats, but also any events that we do, anything like that. Just like, what would you, and especially as we're thinking about the younger generations, because I know for a lot of people that are in my generation and the younger generations, women's ministry is something that our moms did. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do we, what do the younger generations want to do? What do they want to do, uh, learn? What do they, how do they, you know, what do they actually want to do um, that is not necessarily maybe what your women's ministry has traditionally right. done or has always right. done. And so just thinking about that and, um, and some of that is unfair. I think, uh, that we think that it's just for our moms, but I think some of it is founded and some of it is unfounded. So just think through that and get some young women on your team to speak into that, ask them what they want to do. Um, and so I think that's a great way to get some buy-in for sure. And you can even use the Lifeway Bible study to kind of like guide your way through it. If you did a retreat, yeah. if you wanted to do something shorter, you could use that as kind of your jumping off point too. That's that's another way you can do that. So, yeah. Definitely. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about outreach and service. Okay. Um, let's do that real fast. Um, yes. What are some, some things that you guys have done maybe in your church to, yeah. 
that women can, because I feel like there's a balance between how you get women to be closer to the Lord. Like I, I always use right. the words embrace and echo. Mm-hmm. Like how do you get them to embrace who Christ is, but then also how do you echo his heart for the world? Like how do you get involved in the community? Yeah. So my church has done a few different things. We do um, mission trips, mission journeys that are usually out of the country, but sometimes they're um, domestic as well. And so there are those. Um, And I think that's a lot of times what we think of immediately as an outreach and service opportunity. And so I think check with your church, see what they have as far as like missions trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that is not possible and that's not possible to do all the time for those of us who are not full-time, you know, missionaries. And so I think, um, well, we're all full-time missionaries, you know what I mean? <laughs> Voca- yeah, yeah. Voc- vocational missionaries. And so I think, um, another thing that we do is we do like once a month or once a quarter serving days. And we have several, uh, local ministries and or just community, um, I don't know what to call them, but like we, ha- we have a school, an elementary school, for example, yep. that we sponsor and we help them out and we're, we're there for whatever they need. Um, so we'll have like people that tutor there as well as whenever they're like, hey, we need coats for our kids. We have a coat drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. We have a local elementary school. We have a local pregnancy center. Um, that we work with. We have a clinic that we work with. And so I would say if your church doesn't already have those kinds of connections to just local ministries and um, service opportunities, ask about how you might can help with that because that makes it so easy for us to get plugged in to help all the time. So whether it's just once a quarter with the church or weekly, like I... um, I volunteer with uh, one of our ministries that we uh, work with to help adults learn how to read um, or how to pass a test. I shouldn't say learn how to read. They all know how to read, but learn how to pass the high school equivalency test. And so um, I'm working with that. And that's just, I knew of that ministry because of my church works with them. And so I think there's just all kinds of ways to easily help. And not everyone can help every single week with things like that. Um, But I had the time, so I I decided to do that. Um, Another thing I think along with service is outreach and evangelism. And our church does a lot of like gospel conversation classes. So Mm -hmm. here's how to have a gospel conversation, um, kind of like training courses. Um, And so I think that's also important to have in your church, because a lot of um, our church kind of surveyed people. I don't know when they did this, but the biggest hang up was just not knowing how to present the gospel. So they were like, okay, wow. we're going to teach you how to present it then. Um, so no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. But yeah, yeah, I think those those are things that you can provide in your women's ministry or through your church as a whole. I don't know, Kelly, if you have anything to add to that. No. In fact, I mean, I was I was kind of writing some things down, and I, you mentioned almost everything that I would have said <laughs> as well. But I think that you hit on something that sometimes we forget, and that is there is probably some community and outreach ministry already happening in your church, yes. and it is connecting the women to what is already happening. Right. And then I also want to encourage, if you're a Bible study teacher— um, I know that it's really easy to focus on the Bible study, and and that is your goal. I mean, like you're trying to get women in God's Word, but you can also include community outreach within your Bible studies. So, for what, for for instance, 
this has been a few years ago, uh, but we had a guy in our church who worked at a children's home, and we found out that the the house moms. Um, they they had like ten to twelve boys in their homes at at one time. Wow! So some, somebody was always having a birthday. Yeah. And so one of the things they loved to have was just cake mixes and frosting. And so for my Bible study, I was like, "Hey guys, like this is an easy thing we can do. Like we're going to collect cake mixes and brownie mixes and frosting and things like that. And then we're going to ask Randy to come on the last night. And he came, he shared what the children's home was doing, how our women could be involved. And then we gifted him with a whole trunk load. And I mean, they were, they were just so appreciative and that was an easy thing, but it, it got my Bible study group to not just think about Bible study, but to think about how we could minister to someone else. And so, yeah, you know, just be be mindful of that. Be intentional. Yeah. We, in my small group, we've had drives for um, our food pantry mm-hmm. at our church. And we've had, uh, with our missions teams, we've, pro- we've partnered with the mission team that's going to a country and been like, what can we do to help prepare you? We have like medicine drives for church or for some of our trips that are doing clinics and things like that. And we've even had um, where... We took one week of our small group and we helped like organize something or help pack mm-hmm. pack food boxes or things like that. And so I think, yes, it, Great it's so easy to do um, and definitely should be part of your regular rhythm, I think, as a small group. And, mm-hmm. you know, you always have those weird weeks where you're like, okay, this is six weeks, but we have seven weeks until fall break. And so what do we do for that last week? And you can either save it for the last week or you can just like take a break in the middle and give some people some time to catch up on the study and do a service project that week or something. And so I think, yeah, it's it's easier. We kind of, I think we tend to overthink it. (laughs) And so we don't have to do that. So yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. What encouragement would you have for women as they prepare for the fall season? Well, I just want to encourage I just want to encourage the people who are listening right now that you you know what? If the Lord is in this, if He has called you to this and He has He has prompted your heart to get women closer to Him, then it, it is a God thing. It is yeah. not. It, and so I just want to encourage you to take that next step and don't be afraid um, to try something new or don't uh, hold back when the Lord is saying, I, I want you to step out. I think a lot of women tend to think, I could never do this. I could never lead a Bible study. And um, I promise you, if if you are feeling that from the Lord and He's put that kind of maybe holy discontent in your heart of like, hey, I think this is something that our church needs to do, then um, meet with your pastor, meet with the person on your staff that you need to talk to and and be courageous and take the next step and and just see how the Lord is going to not just bless other people, but especially bless you in the process. Mm, that's good. Well, Kelly, we usually ask at the end of the episodes, what has marked you in your walk with Christ? But since it is just the two of us, and we have both answered that question many times in many ways, I thought instead um, it might be cool, and if you don't mind, praying for the women that are listening to this episode, that they would be marked 
in some way for Christ during this upcoming season, whether that's through the women's ministry at their church or through their personal time with God or through service in their community. Will you pray that they, that women will look back on this fall season and say, that was a marker in my journey with Christ. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that, Elizabeth. That'd be so great. Let's just pray. And if you're riding in the car, please keep your eyes open. Yes. <laughs> so if you're driving, absolutely. Well, Father, thank you so much that you have called us to be your own. Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the cross and what he's done for us. And Father, I do want to just come before you today praying for our listeners as, as they think about what you have for them this fall. And I do pray that whether it's a Bible study at their church or with it's maybe their own just personal time with the Lord or maybe they're serving in the community, I pray that you would do something in their lives and in their hearts that they would be able to just say, wow, that was only God could could have done that in my life and only God um, chose to do this. And I, it's a marker in my journey um, with Christ that I, I got to know him better and to be formed into his image. And so I thank you that you desire for us to know you and that you desire for us to to get to know you each day, to, to spend time with you. And I pray that we would be obedient in that. I pray for the leaders out there who are, who are planning and they're trying to ask the questions. And would you just give them the resources that, that they need to accomplish what you have asked them to do? And would you give them willing hearts to be involved in the ministry of their churches and that we would see much fruit from this. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yeah. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us for this fun episode as we talk about the fall. And we'll be back next week, and I'm sure we'll have a special guest. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.